Hey, I'm Michael Dorinda. And I'm Jake Bennett. And welcome to episode 39 of the North Meet South web podcast. All right, I think we need some new intro music. It's a new year. We officially need some new intro music. So I'm going to have yeah. to be on the lookout for some. I would really like to get new intro music for both of our podcasts, honestly. Yeah, we can give it a crack. We will find something. It's fun. always hard, though. Because you pull up one oh, of those yeah. sites that have got all the you know the tunes on there and you literally just spend hours and then you think you found the one, but you keep listening anyway in case there's another one. And before you know it, hours are gone and it's 2 a.m. and you've got no closer to finding a new one. <laughs> yeah. So I've got a friend who does music. Like he produces music. He makes music. He's very talented. His name is Lewis yeah. Lux. And he was asking me the other day, he was like, Jake, how can I get in your podcast? I'd love to be on your podcast sometime. I was like, I tell you what, you write us new intro music and I will have you on the podcast. For some yeah. short amount of time, yeah. So it's a good way to do it. Might have to might have to do a trade. I don't know. He yeah. he he thinks that he thinks he's funny because he would just talk about <laughs> nonsense. He he wants <laughs> me to talk to him like he knows about stuff, and then he could just come up with whatever. I don't know. He's yeah. funny like that. As long as you sound confident, you get away with it. That's right. That's right. Well, um, we might have to happy, put a big disclaimer up at the start of that episode. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, happy Australia Day, my friend. Yeah. Thank you. We had a uh, we had that. We had that yesterday, yeah. So we had some friends over for a barbecue and yeah, played some very cool. Cards Against Humanity and played some Mario Kart. I'm not very good at Mario Kart, I've discovered. Oh, and, shame and on Tanuki, you. I always play as Tanuki because he looks cool, but Tanuki stands out like a sore thumb on the on the track. So when I was playing with my wife and one of my friends, they just kept on throwing those shells at me. I'm not like, sure I know who Tanuki is. Who is that? Tanuki is like, it's Mario, but he's wearing a little brown suit. Oh, yeah, um, yeah. So, yeah, he stands out like a sore thumb on the track amongst all of the other generic Nintendo characters. So, I think I learned my lesson yesterday. Not to I'm do that always again. Luigi. Anytime there's always. like a Mario themed anything, like Mario Kart, Mario Party, anything, I'm always Luigi. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I don't know why. But it's like my man, my man of choice there. <laughs> so, I remember on uh, Mario Kart Wii, I like 100% of that game. Like, I beat yeah. every level, every ghost everything backwards forwards unlocked everything did it all <laughs> and so i i loved that game that was a lot of fun i haven't had a wii i, just, I haven't had like any nintendo stuff since then though so i didn't have the wii u i didn't have the, i don't have the switch yeah so i just get frustrated because i'm like it's a race and then you're winning and suddenly someone's thrown a bloody green shell at you or something and it's all over and you lose at the finish line the blue shell is the worst right the yeah. blue shell like catches up to the leader of the pack and just nukes <laughs> yeah. them yeah, that's the yeah. worst. That's like the most frustrating thing ever. And it's always my wife that's like sitting next to me on the couch and she's just like sniggering to herself because she's the <laughs> one. She's the one that's thrown a shell on me. She's like holding the blue shell the whole time until like the very uh, yeah. end right before you cross yeah. the line. She just blows you up. So what's the what's the what's our equivalent here? Like what Australia Day is when the first ships arrived in the continent or whatever? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know that you'd celebrate it specifically. I suppose Independence Day would be the Columbus closest Day? equivalent. Pro- I mean, yeah, yeah, or maybe Columbus Day. Columbus but Day, yeah, like when I Columbus think discovered Day America, would probably be the closest equivalent okay. thing to Australia Day in terms of size and scope of celebration. Sure, sure. Yeah, I should have got out my Australia, like all my stuff that you got us for yeah. Australia Day, like the beach balls and all that stuff. Yeah, I forgot to get it out. We still have it. I mean, it's it's right on the shelf, right behind me. I could go grab it right now. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Uh, Matt Matt Stalfa sent me a video a couple of weeks ago, I think, of his son Kai, and he said every day when he gets home, they like play with that ball. And that's was, funny. That's pretty cool. Yeah, that is cool. That's funny. Okay, so we've got a lot of random stuff to talk about today. Some tech related, some not tech related, and a big announcement from my friend, Mr. Michael yeah. Dorinda. Where where do we want to slide this in? Do we want to like put it at the beginning of the show? Do we want to tease it to the, for the end of the show? What do you think? Let's let's slip it in the middle then. I think. All right, <laughs> all right. So you you folks are gonna have to listen listen carefully. Yeah. All right. Let's talk first about something that you and I were talking about earlier today. We're gonna go with a, we'll start with tech stuff. I've got a couple of things to talk about that I'm sure will actually take up lots of time. So the one thing that I wanted to talk about first of all is attributes on a model that use relationships. All right, so let me let me pitch it to you this way. Let's say I have a user model 
and we're speaking Laravel here, right? Let's say I have a user model and on that model, I want to have, I want to be able to call top posts. Mm -hmm. All right, really easily. And so I decide, and this is all, again, this is all hypothetical. So I'm going to tear apart a minute. So before you scream, just let me finish. So top <laughs> posts, right? And uh, you have a posts relationship with your user. Your user has many posts and you want to see their top posts or maybe most recent posts or whatever. So their 10 most recent posts. So you make an attribute, an accessor, right? By saying, get top 10 posts attribute. Mm-hmm. And what that will do is Laravel will kind of in the background use its magic to make available to you an attribute on that model called top 10 posts. Mm -hmm. In that method that you're going to make, get top 10 post attribute, you're going to say this posts and then you're going to say order by updated at or created at descending take 10 or whatever, mm -hmm. right? Okay, so the problem with this is that you now have an attribute that is relying upon a relationship. Now, the, the reason why that is a problem is because now anytime you query your user's table, Laravel is going to assume that you want that attribute. Like you can't opt out of attributes, I don't think. So that's my question. I believe that's how it is and that's how I understood it. So the reason why that's a problem is because if you went and queried for all of your users in your database or a large number of them, Unless you uh, did an eager load for their posts, which since you have this as an attribute, it'd literally be every single time you queried your user's table, you'd have to do an eager load of your posts. Mm -hmm. um, so unless you do that, you're going to end up with a, a massive amount of queries running, right? So if you ever forgot to not eager load your posts, uh, or if you ever forgot to eager load your posts, you'd be screwed pretty much. Does that mm -hmm. make sense? Yeah. I so, so as kind of... So that's kind of like a general rule. I've always said like we don't use relationships and attributes, period, ever. Mm -hmm. So tell me, yeah. tell me I'm wrong. I think that's wrong. I think the the accesses are run through the the magic get method. So the accessor, the thing that that determines if there is actually an accessor for any given attribute that you're calling, only happens at the time that you call it. I'm pretty sure. So if you loaded your users so and then listed them, for example, and you had 20 users on the page, each each one of those 20 records would make a database query depending on how you've written the accessor, but it won't do it... At runtime. It won't do it when you're running the query? Yeah. So in the in the Eloquent model, there's a underscore, underscore get method so that when you call, you know, model arrow posts, it looks to see if you're trying to access... Uh, an attribute or if you're trying to access a, a relationship and then does some some stuff in that method i'm pretty sure so i don't think the performance issue is there but you'll certainly hit it if you're iterating through a list of users and then trying to get it because then you're going to get um you know 20 queries on a page for that so there are probably a couple of ways of doing that number one would be to eager load the relationships the other thing that you could probably do that might be a bit nicer is to actually define a relationship on, on your user model that is latest post and then you could put the constraints into the relationship itself mm -hmm. and that would allow you to do, you know, return this has many posts and then just chain aware on the end to then limit it or, you know, put your latest on there, latest take 10. And that way it would be on the relationship method and then you could eager load the relationship, which would, might be a bit cleaner as well but those are probably two ways that you could look at getting around those or mitigating the impact of those n plus one issues yeah yeah but yeah i am i'm 99 sure that the access like your magic accessor methods don't get do not run unless you specifically okay. call them yeah or unless you're doing like serialized like unless it's like returning a serialized array right if like if it's it returning pens, json yeah. Yeah. yeah so it if has to be in a pen it certainly will gotcha Gotcha. Maybe that's what burned me. Maybe that's what it was. Mm. I think that might have been it. So like at one point there was something that I had to have. I had it as an attribute and I needed it in appends and that's when I got burned. Mm -hmm. And so mm -hmm. I just swore it off and said, no more. We'll, we'll never do that again. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it would make sense. It would make sense what you're saying though, because relationships aren't loaded unless you specifically ask for them. You know what I mean? Correct. It's not like Correct. when you say like, user is so like not because you have a posts relationship on your user doesn't mean that it automatically gets loaded every time you query your user table yeah, yeah right, unless right. you call okay. it and then and then right, the first right. time you call it eloquent will go oh this this relationship isn't loaded so it will go and 
load the data and then return it. Yep, so, you're right. That's exactly what it is. So it's, yeah, that makes sense. And I think that's, mm-hmm. like I said, I think that's what it was, is I had it in an append thing and it was killing me. Yeah. Yeah. I think that would probably have been your issue. So yep. I guess for me, determining whether I use a relationship method or if I use an accessor will depend on how complex the accessor is. So on a post, I might have a get author name attribute, which gets the, the name from the 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 author relationship or the user those kind of simple things just so that you've got a nice clean access at the top level model so on the on the post model but if i'm doing like you suggested where you want to have some conditions on the query i would probably put that in its own named relationship method and that gives you the benefit of then eager loading that in your other queries as well Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a great point. That makes good sense. Yeah. So you had just said like, if you wanted to have like a posts author name, right? Cause you'd say like post user, mm-hmm. like this user and then name or something like that. Yeah. You'd put that in an accessor. Yeah. And yeah. That, and then you just you know, load your authors. Our, yeah. Yeah. That comes back to the law of Demeter, you know, that so that yep. we're not reaching through the user model to get the author. We can just get the author directly from the, from the post. Yep. You can touch your friends and you can touch your privates, but you can't touch your friends' mm-hmm. privates. Mm-hmm. 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 <laughs> That's always a good one. Always That's a good it. laugh. Always a good laugh. Yeah. I did I did actually make specific mention of that case in... Uh, I'll link it up in the show notes. I, I spent some time over the last few weeks writing a style guide for our own apps internally, which I haven't gotten around to blogging about yet. Just as a, as a baseline, I don't think there's anything groundbreaking in there. You're not going to learn anything new. It's more so just taking everything that I do as a you know single developer and writing it down so that when a team of developers are writing in the same code base, it all looks the same. Yeah, just so that there's something to refer to. Yeah, yeah, that's a great that's a that's a great idea. Um, Spassi has their kind of their style guide out there, which is a great like mm-hmm. starting point actually, and I think it's open source. So you can fork it too if you if you yep. are interested in doing so. Uh, which I think kind of what I'm going to do as we're moving forward. Most of our stuff is pretty standardized. We've got a lot of, you know, a lot of our applications are done practically the same way. It's not documented, yeah. unfortunately. So like the, yeah. the issue is onboarding, right? Like onboarding new developers yeah. is, is a little slow because you got, they got to learn that. But right now I don't yeah. like specifically need it because the, you know, the folks that are there, they understand it. Yeah. So you've got three or four in your team now. Mm, let's see it's well it's myself jordan is not really a, i mean he's not a full-time developer but he does some sure we've got michael and then uh we had tyshawn who actually just had to he just stepped out he had to uh he was like i really got to focus on school trying to like finish on mm-hmm. time and stuff and so he ended up going back to school and, and stepping out so he'll probably come back on the team at some point like once he's done in may but we'll see so we're actually looking for another developer right now. So if you know any good developers. Not not in your area. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I know, right? That's the thing is like for our position, it really, it, it doesn't have to be local. It could be remote, but. Sure. It's not it's, this remote. <laughs> yeah. Not that remote. Right. Exactly. Um, but if, anybody, if anybody's listening to this and you are an Illinois uh, resident and you'd be willing to locate to the Bloomington normal area, which is a great place to raise kids, by the way, it's an awesome place. Uh, you should definitely uh, hit me up on Twitter. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. So let's talk about models and databases here. So you had said that you were kind of migrating a couple uh, apps that needed to like share some information with models and things yeah. like that. You didn't want to have like duplicated code. And you said you've kind of got that figured out. So uh, you want to talk yeah. to us about that for a minute? Tell us what you came up with. Yeah. I, th- I think in our, I think it would have been our last episode before our Christmas special last year. We were talking about this issue where I have two apps. I've got our internal CRM and our members area. And both of those applications need to talk to the same database. And the problem I have at the moment is that the CRM, which was the the source of truth, was a bespoke application. So there's no framework, there's no migrations, there's no versioning of the database in any way. So we don't have any way of then sharing the database schema with the members area. So when I when I was building that as a contractor, for my current employer, I basically had a copy of the database and all of my tests that I'd written were against a copy of the database. And so it's a bit slow because it's an actual MySQL database that you're running against. Sure. And and the issue was that I was running all of my tests with transactions. There was no migrations. Yep. There's no, uh, no way of knowing, like if I spin up an environment later on that 
you know, there's new tables that have been added or columns have been changed and things like that. And and we had talked about sort of the best way of versioning the data, I suppose, or the database using migrations when one of the applications is Laravel and the other one is not. And uh. I came up with this idea of, of basically coming up with a, a separate repository or a separate application that would be responsible just for the migrations. Good idea. And once... Once I'd figured that out, it was then a matter of figuring out how I could then share the migrations into the two applications. So the CRM now, we're getting in the sort of final stages of migrating it to Laravel. And in saying that, it's not Laravel is not replacing the CRM, but we put it in front of so that we essentially route everything through a Laravel controller. And that, that then just passes through to the underlying files for anything that's still there. And then we can slowly start migrating everything through to Laravel. So... In that Strangler way, we, I guess we have two. Yeah. So I guess in that way, we've got two Laravel apps now. So it makes it much easier to to share the migrations because if you develop a package, you can, in, a, in the package service provider, you can actually say you should also load migrations from this file. Right. Uh, or this, this location. So now we've got this third application which sits there and it's specifically responsible for our shared models, but also for our shared migrations. So the theory being, now that that's in place, is that I could include that application as a package of the main CRM or members apps, and it'll, with package auto-loading, figure out that there's a, there's a service provider there. The service provider will then load the migrations in, and that then gives me the ability to, number one, have a single source of truth for my database. Yep. So I, I can version it. We can run the migrations in our production environment separately to the applications themselves, but it also gives me the ability to then load that package and then use the migrations in, in the test. So I'm actually able to um, run the migrations up and down and, and do tests as needed. So that took a bit of doing. There is no foundation component, like Illuminate Foundation, there is no component. I, I did ask Taylor about that, but there never has been one. So whilst it is split off, there's no composer package for it. So Nuno Maduro, who, who wrote the Laravel Zero framework for building yeah. uh, command line applications, CLI apps, which will yeah. link up, yeah, which which will link up in the show notes as well. He basically forked that and created a composer package of it. So I was able to pull in that in order to get a separate application running, which I called Nomad. I like that name. That's and, a good name. And that that allows you. Thank you. That allows you to basically just run the migration. So it's got all the make commands to make migrations, to make cedars. It's got the migrate status, migrate, migrate rollback, migrate fresh, migrate refresh. And also, I think that's all of them. Yeah, so it it exposes all of those migrate commands and allows you to essentially, for anyone who's familiar with that syntax, to, to get it up and running. And I think it's also simple enough that if we needed to get one of our systems team to create tables, we could get them to do that there as well. Yeah. It was, I mean, it was mostly from a familiar, familiarity point of view. You know, we didn't want to have to learn to use Finks or one of the other sort of sp- database-specific tools. And it also gives us the ability to pull that in into our existing applications. So we're not, you know, the, I mean, it's separate, but it's it can be considered the same. It just makes it a bit easier for us to do that. And then all of our models are in there as well. So it's it's a nice way, I think... Of, of sharing stuff between those two applications. And then when we start moving our API into that same sort of infrastructure with the Laravel app in front of it, you know, we'll have all of the models and migrations ready to go for a third app and a fourth app if we need to later on. Very cool. Yeah, The uh, so, the, so Nomad, you install Nomad on a server and then you run your artisan commands, like your migrate commands from Nomad. And that will, de- that will kind of update yeah. all your databases, right? So think... Sorry, yeah. So I would think of Nomad as Artisan. Yep. So you wouldn't install it separately. It's and just, it's a, just separate, a package. Yep. So you wouldn't install okay. Nomad on its own. Or you wouldn't install it as a global repository or anything like that. All There's of, okay. another application yeah. called Vagabond, which is essentially like a Laravel base app. And that's what you would then, that then pulls in Nomad as a dependency. And that's sure. what you would use as the base for whatever project you're working on. Okay, so these two applications that you have both pull in Nomad. Uh, Vagabond pulls in Nomad, yep. So the two that you're trying to migrate together, though, are you going to pull yeah, those all into... Yeah, so that would just pull in Vagabond. Okay. So Vagabond would then 
expose the the migrations and the models. Yep. And you would, and then you can just run the migrations using Artisan. Then. Okay. From from any of them for from either. Yep. Got yep. it. And it doesn't matter because they're both pointing at the same database. Correct. So they're both looking at the same migrations table, so they'll know when the, what the last what the latest migration that was run is. Yeah. So the theory is not that either of the members or the CRM apps will be responsible for running the migrations. We, I mean, we could run them straight out of the Vagabond app directly on, you know, as part of some other process. Sure. But they could. It was more around being able to use those migrations in testing and development and things right. like that. Right. Yep. It makes sense. Yeah. We actually yeah. have a, a such situation that's sort of similar and that's a really good idea because so we have two, we have two applications that share the same database. And so essentially what we did is we just decided to have one of the apps be the place where we would keep all the migrations because before it was yep. like, all right, we need to add something to this table. And I was like, oh, the other app needed something to add to this table. And so you had a, ended up having migrations in two different apps and it was a mess. Like it was horrible. Yeah. So we, and we ended up moving it all over to one application. And this ha- this was like, you know, three years ago. But as a result, the other one doesn't really have any, any like tests that interact with the database. It has some tests, yeah. but it doesn't have any tests that interact with the database. Yeah. directly so that would be a great way to do that to kind of take those migrations out and just put them into a, a third little thing that we could pull into both of them that way we could share them between them and, and it's it's no worries if it if it gets up the only challenge would be i guess it wouldn't be a challenge but it would be like you know like you said you'd have to essentially um when you wanted to have a migration you'd have to update it in the package first and then you'd have to pull in the new version of the package and then you'd have to run the migrations yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good way to do it, though. That's a really good way to do it. Yeah. So, I mean, it's a little extra overhead, but it, I, I think it'll work nicely. I need to, I need to blog about it and do some. You'd have to, you share your model factories too. Uh, I, I suppose you could load the factories in there as well. Yeah. Because that'd be a pain to have to have um, separate factories too. Like, if the databases mm. are the same, the scheme is the same, the migrations are the same, the migrations or the the models, sorry, the models. The factories are probably going to be the same too. I would hate to have to rewrite yeah. factories for all of them. Yeah, I mean, I suppose you could put them in the in the you know the Vagabond app and then just namespace them in the same way that Laravel does, and they right. should theoretically just auto load then. Yeah, they would. Yeah. Well. Yeah. yeah the factories. No, they would. I think that would work. I don't know if factories are namespace. Uh, the factories class, like the model factories. No, thing. but they. It's a class. I think it's a class a map. Class map. Class, yeah, map, class, class map auto-loading in the composer.json yeah. in the Laravel app. So this would be the same thing, I would yep. say. Yep, yep, you're right. There you go. Nomad, this is a great name. Vagabond, this is Vagabond. I'm looking yeah. to see the uh, definition of this here. The person who wanders from place to place without a home or job. Vagabond and Nomad are pretty much the same thing then. Nomad is yeah, also <laughs> a person who does not stay long in the same place, a wanderer, a member of people having no permanent boat who travel from place to place to find fresh pasture for their livestock. I love it. It's a great name. That's Both right. Yeah. So the theory was that Nomad was the Laravel style database migrations wherever they may roam. And then and then Vagabond was some other crazy thing. Yeah, just eloquent without a home was eloquent. Uh was Vagabond, sorry. So yeah. Cool, man. Love it. But yeah, I will I need to I need to write about them and maybe do a couple of short videos on on how they work and how to use. I did present on the on the two of them at uh, PHP Meetup this month. So they went pretty well. That's cool. I'll, I'll have to watch that. You put that in the show notes. I'll check that out. Yeah. Cool. Didn't you say that, that like blew up at the last second or something? Uh, yeah, it did. I got all the way through to the point where I was showing how it worked inside of a Laravel app. Like when you pull it into your your, your main application in the end and I yeah. forgot how to, I forgot to change a couple of places in the, in the composer.json. So it didn't auto load them properly, but it's all right. There'll be no such mistakes in, in the videos that I send out. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh, okay. I got two other kind of tech related things. Mm-hmm. All right. I'm going to talk about the first one on my list here. Okay. So Facebook API is a pain in the butt. Their marketing uh-huh. insights API is not fun. I can't figure mm-hmm. out. So I've got like a sandbox account. Here's the, here's the uh, context. Here's the large overview. So I work for Nonprofit on Fridays, Spread Truth is the name of it, and we are going to be partnering with a different organization who will remain nameless. And we essentially are wanting to track the stats of a video that is going to be promoted through Facebook. So we want to see how many people in this particular region are viewing this video, how many people have viewed it, and we want to be yep. able to see a live updated stats page to show 
how many have viewed it, how many are currently viewing it, uh, what the location is, and it's kind of going to be like a pseudo actual location. We'll know around where they are. We can't like pinpoint their location, of course, because Facebook mm-hmm. doesn't like share their IP, so you can't do like a reverse geo IP lookup or yeah. anything. So we'll just kind of like yeah. approximate that. But that's what it's going to be. So I need to provide like a dashboard, like a large dashboard that could be shown on like a projector or like a TV. And then I need to also provide like a mobile application where, uh, not application, but a mobile website where people can go on and, and see it. And so the challenge is going to be that this is a simulcast, some sort of thing. So there's going to be 60,000 people hitting this at one time yeah, for right. a span <laughs> of a couple hours. And so yep. I have to make sure that this thing can handle the traffic. So initially I was really worried, but I'm thinking it won't actually be that bad with the way that I'm thinking of doing it. Mm. So what I'm thinking is uh, my application is just going to basically pull uh, Facebook API once a minute, mm-hmm. right? And mm-hmm. really, honestly, if you've looked at Spassi's dashboard, it's, I was looking at it and it's pretty much going to be exactly that. Like I thought of, I thought the whole thing yeah. through and then this last week we we worked on a internal dev dashboard and I was like, this is exactly what I just came up with. <laughs> I could have saved yeah. myself some time. Um, yeah. So the idea of like every minute I have a scheduler that it's going to ping out to Facebook's API. I'm going to grab the uh, new stats, the new set of mm-hmm. numbers. I'm going to kind of like diff that against the last set of numbers I have. So I know how many people have visited it since the last time. Mm-hmm. Uh, so like if it was like 800 last time and now it's 900, then I know that like, uh, you know, there's 100 people different. And so what I'll have, it, what I'll end up having it do is like over the span of the next minute, I'll kind of like randomly place those 100 dots on the map yeah, and kind of like count up as the minute goes on to kind of like show, yeah. you know, I can't, it's not actually real time, but it's like approximately yeah. real time. Yeah. Yeah. It's so real time. Exactly. So what I'll do is I'll essentially just queue up events, pusher events that mm-hmm. will uh, get dispatched through echo. So I'll just, I'll say, uh, I'll do an event in Laravel, which will get dispatched through pusher and consumed on the front end through echo. And then I'll have view components yep. that will be listening for those events and we'll update the dashboard accordingly or update the little dashboard that they're viewing accordingly. So that's the idea. The problem is like with Pusher, I should go look at how much it is. It's like if you're going to have 60,000 people on Pusher, if you ha- if you need to be able to have 60,000 simultaneous connections, it gets kind of pricey, as I'm sure you can imagine. Well, you're not going to have 60,000 people looking at the, the dashboard, are you? Yes. Yeah, oh, at the dashboard they'll, they're going to be looking at it. They'll oh, be okay. on their mobile device. I mean, a potentially, right? There's going to be 60,000 yeah. viewers. So they could potentially be all on their mobile application, on their mobile phone, so, looking at a mobile yeah. version of the dashboard. Yeah, but they would be subscribed to your local app, right? And so if they like, if they miss a broadcast, they're not like it's not sending 60,000 different ones. It's going to send one request for like back to your your app and then your app will be responsible for handling it then right 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 so you're saying facebook yeah so i will well, pull no, the, facebook so the events so yeah you're going to ping facebook yep and then i consume that i consume the api in facebook and then yep. i will say hey pusher you know i say fire an event locally on mine right i i yep. dispatch an event and then that event gets gone goes to pusher yeah and then push or broadcast that to all the WebSocket connections. Mm. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. So, I mean, I'm looking at here. So, fifty to five hundred dollars a month is up to ten thousand dollars, ten thousand max connections. Yeah, so, okay. I'm wondering. So, like, you can do like a tailored solution. So, you can say custom max max connections, unlimited channels, custom messages per day, whatever. So, I would probably just get in touch with them and say, hey. I need to be able to do up to 100,000 simultaneous connections at once mm. for mm. a week. What will, yeah. what will it cost me? And they'll probably say like $500 or $1,000. I'll yeah. say, okay, yeah. we'll do that. You know, And then just ratchet it down after that. Mm. So then, Interesting. Yeah, I know, right? So it's like, this is the first time. I, it'll be like, it's a predicted spike in traffic. So it's not like an, you know, it's not like I have to have, I don't know. I might need to talk to TJ. So I might have to have like a load balancer and a couple, a couple servers. I don't know. I'm not sure. Yeah. The thing is, once the thing is, once they're on the page, they're there. Like it's not like they're not refreshing the page. It's not. Yep. It's not going to be load on my server. All I'm going to send to them is literally a little view component with a tiny little piece of data 
that's going to represent mm -hmm. what's currently in like my persisted database for what has already come in. Like if they're just visiting the page, right? Like every time I hit yeah. Facebook, I will store those values. And then if somebody new comes to the page, they will get the most recent version of those values. And yeah. then they will get subscribed to Pusher and Pusher will be responsible for sending mm -hmm. them any events. Yeah. Yeah. And when, when, are you, when are you doing this event? Oh, uh, next week? No, I'm just kidding. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I got a couple months. I got a couple months to work yeah, it out. Yeah, okay. So the, yeah, the, the scaling, Facebook API is scaling will be the main thing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but Facebook APIs is as being annoying because it, it doesn't like mm. it gives you a sandbox account, but it doesn't allow you to create a fake like ad unless you do it through the API. So now I have to like figure yeah. out how do I create a fake video ad through the API. It's like just give me a UI tool to create the video ad, and then I will just give yeah. me fake data back from the marketing API, the insights API. So that's mm -hmm. all I need is I just need mm -hmm. like some dummy JSON so I can know what to expect from them. Um, yeah, but whatever. yeah, I've only ever looked at the Facebook API once, and the whole the whole graph thing. I just yeah, no thanks. Yep. We just decided not to use Facebook. We decided in the end to support Twitter and Instagram because their APIs were a little bit more sane. Yeah, what we wanted to do. Yeah, so I don't really have a choice, unfortunately, and it's. Uh, I mean, it really is going to be the best tool for the job, but it's yeah. just figuring out how to use the API. So I think what I'm going to do is I'm just going to kind to kind of like, I have a lot of ideas for what I want it to do, and like I don't want to get hung up on that part. So it's like I might just kind of mm -hmm. like skip that all together and be like, whatever they give me, I'm going to transform it to give me these three pieces of data. You know what I mean? Yeah. And screw the rest of it, and then I will just. Mm -hmm. I'm just going to give myself some fixtures and kind of develop from that yeah. and then and make the rest of it work. And then I'll, and then once that is in place, then I'll get back around to how I'm going to mm -hmm. get that data in. Cause I may aggregate some data too, right? I may say like if they see it on the Facebook or if they see it through YouTube link, I don't aggregate those views as well or whatever, you know? So who knows? Yeah. It'll be interesting to see how it goes. I yeah. wish you the best. Thanks man. Appreciate it. Uh, you got any other dev stuff? Well, we hired, we brought on our second new developer for the year, had his first week this week. You've you've met this guy, which is a very Aaron? small sample of people. It is Aaron, yeah. Aaron! Yeah, so he's he's on board now. He's going to be doing largely the front end of, of this application we're building, which is which is pretty good. So we've got one, I mean, he's certainly capable of, of doing the, the back end side of things, but I think given the data that we have to hit, it's all XML and gross. I think it's easier if we separate, you know, one person working basically full time on doing the back end and API kind of stuff and, and Aaron's gonna work on the front end. So he he's been working in Angular for the last sort of three or four years. Poor guy. And That's I so said, sad. Yeah, we're gonna we <laughs> we're gonna use Vue because all of our other stuff is is Laravel and Vue, so it makes sense to keep the stack the same. And he spent like a day and a half reading the Vue docs, and he said, "Yeah, I like Vue. It's got all of the all of the nice stuff that Angular had, but way um, easier to write the, and none of the junk, understand. and yeah, much easier to reason about." So he's decided he's going to build an SPA, and he's going to use Vuex and Vue Router or whatever. The, the the bits and pieces are and i yeah. said you, look you're going to support it so i'm happy for you to do whatever you want so no, wow should be good. so he's gonna build um, an spa yeah that's yeah. a leap yep yeah it is so i i think he'll be all right he's built a couple of you know angular based spas in the past so it'd be good but it's nice to have him on board we had to wait a couple of weeks for him to serve out his uh his, his, what do you call it, his notice period. Yeah, sure, like two-week notice, which, yeah. Yeah, and spanned over Christmas and New Year. So he's on board now and yeah, it's, it's nice. The, the little team's grown and yeah, we're certainly new beginnings. getting underway now. Yeah, New beginnings. Yeah, it's really good. Speaking of new beginnings. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Segway. Segway, that was a good segue. Um, I planted yeah, that one. I uh, planted that. You You planted it. Like I planted. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. So I, I did tease on Twitter over the over the weekend that, that I had some more exciting news and I seem to be full of it lately, which is nice. Yeah. Like full of exciting news, obviously. Yeah. Not not full of the other thing. Um <laughs> yeah. My my wife is pregnant. So it's it's, uh, it's nice to finally to finally get that out. Yeah, it's make it official and it's on Facebook now. So it's a it's a real thing. Yeah, we we found out in October last year and we sort of 
kept it to our chest, obviously, as as people tend to do through the first twelve weeks or so. Right, right. Twelve weeks was was right before Christmas, and so we told uh, Ree's family before we went away, and then we told my family, and and the the scale of of uh, excitement between the two was was massive because my my parents my sister has four kids already so yeah. they're like oh you know congratulations right, like, right, right. we've got another one i don't think it quite sunk in that like they will have access to this one pretty much all the time whereas my sister they're away so i only see them a couple of times a year sure um, yeah and then my dad's like oh we're gonna go on a cruise next year for three months and hopefully we'll be back in time for the, oh, birth of the my baby gosh. Like, okay no, no worries Oh. So I'm, they'll be here, um, yeah. but but Ree's family was like ecstatic because she's oh, the oldest, awesome. and so this is the, this first, is the first baby, grandchild yeah. and first oh, great grandchild. So, cool. so yeah, they were really excited about it. Her grandpa cried, which is cute. Um, oh, that's awesome! That was good. I didn't get to and hear that. That's so pretty we, awesome. Yeah, so that that was a lot of fun. It was nice to finally be able to tell them. And then you know we went away to my sister's over Christmas, and we came back and we went and saw my grandma. And she's like, oh, congratulations. That's really exciting. And then she sort of stopped for a second and she goes, you know, this will be my 11th great grandchild. I'm like, yes. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So, but all of my cousins are really excited by it all because it's like, we've all grown up now. Our youngest, the youngest of my generation of cousins is uh, 18 now. So, it'll be nice to get some new fresh blood in, you know, baby eyes. So, yeah, yeah really exciting. The, the I mean, the, the other end of the thing is that it, the baby's due in July, so I'm not going to make it to Laracon US which this year. Which sucks so bad. Oh, no. Which which does. I was looking forward to getting back to Chicago, but um, yeah, yeah I, I won't be able to make it. Um, I don't think, even if I did, I would ever be allowed to come back. So I'd probably be <laughs> best if like something happened to me when I was in Chicago. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no. So we're not, we're not making it. We, you know, we knew last year that this year we were probably going to be in a position where i remember you uh, hinting at it i remember you being like i yeah. remember saying something or asking and you're like yeah well, I mean, we'll see we'll see about next year and i'm thinking like yeah. hmm i wonder what that yeah. means <laughs> i had my <laughs> yeah, suspicions so, yeah that, i mean that's why we had you know a big holiday last year and we did the the tour of the u.s for for three weeks because we wanted to get it all out of the way that's before cool yeah. this year and thankfully things worked out the way that we were planning on them working out and uh yeah so uh, if you do, if you do make it to Sydney for Laracon AU in October, we'll probably have a three-month-old with us. So. Oh, so fun, dude! That's awesome. That is awesome. Yeah, you'll have a little Joey. So excited! Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's right. People have been asking us, you know, have you got names picked out? And we're like, yeah, we've had names picked out, both boy and girl, for like two years. We've just been waiting for the the right timing for for the baby to be here and. Re the the fun Gandalf, part is that Re knows Dumbledore. the sex of, of the baby. It doubled all, yeah. Gandalf. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Re Re knows the sex of the baby. I don't want to know. So Oh wow, so you guys are splitting out. it. Wow. She's gonna yeah, slip. So I guarantee it. It's it's worked I know. It's worked out really well because now she can't tell anybody else because Oh like, right. It'll, yeah, because she, she, yeah. she's like, Well, I'm not gonna tell the you know, the father of my child, I'm not gonna tell anybody else. She did tell Sheldon, our dog, so <laughs> um, but he's been he's been really good at keeping the secret so far that's hard because you know there is a saying it says joy is not complete until it is shared i think that's the mm -hmm, saying i mm -hmm. think that's how it goes so like you know it's kind of like if you find this great deal on like something like you just have to tell somebody right it's like oh like yeah. I, I know yeah. this thing and just i have to tell somebody like yeah. it's just like that's the completion <laughs> of your joy is like sharing it with that's someone right right yeah. so like that's so gonna be hard for her. so at least she was able to share it with the dog that's good yeah uh, I, I, so i didn't get to give you a, a warning that uh yeah. that somebody gave me which was i was we were pregnant with our first and we were going home for Thanksgiving and they were like, enjoy this Thanksgiving because this will be the last holiday that anybody will care that it's you that's coming home. Like yeah. they're like, once you have a kid, nobody cares that you're there. They just want to see your kids. You know yeah. what I mean? It's yeah. like the grandparents, they just all want to see the kids. It's not about you at yeah. all anymore. It's like, hey, I mean, I know you're coming home. Are the kids coming? You know, whatever. It's so funny. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It'll be fun. I, I'll, 
I think we're going to be okay. Like, Ree's a terrible liar. So as long as I don't ask her point blank, I'll be okay. We do have a box of things that has a big label on it that says, you know, this is gender specific. Do not, do not open. open this box unless you want to know. So I think it's more temptation for me than anything else. But but it's in it's in a spare room. That's exciting though. That's super exciting. You'll so are you gonna wait until the day of? Yeah. So you'll, you'll oh, that's yeah. super cool. That's super cool. I don't know if I could do that. I just don't too... think about it so much. Yeah. Whereas Ree's like. You know, do you want to know? I'll tell you, I'll tell you. I'm like, no, no, no. If I don't think about it, the weeks will just by, you know, fly by and it'll be yeah. July before we know it. So, uh, okay, we should, start a, we should start have a poll. This episode's out. We should have a poll. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Boy or girl. All right, I'm going to put my bo- vote and in. And it is I'm... definitely one. It is definitely just one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Whew. Uh, I'm going to say, mm, I'm going to, oh man, 50 50. I'm going to say boy. You're going to have a boy. That's Mike. what I'm hearing. That, that was that was my dad. He, Michael like, Jr. An hour after we told him on Christmas morning, he's like, is your wife looking after my grandson? I'm like, well, she's certainly looking after your grandchild. We don't know if it's yeah. going to be a boy or a girl yet. And he's like, it's a boy. I'm like, uh, well, I hope you're right. But, you know, as long as it's healthy, that's fine. Right. Are you hoping for a boy secretly, though? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Reno's. I said, I want one of each and I want the boy first. Yep. That's, <laughs> you know, I feel like it's a good way. I mean, so... You know, Big power to, power to women, all that stuff, whatever. I, I just like, you know, I wanted my oldest to be a boy so he could like take care of his sisters in school and stuff. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just be, mm-hmm. a, he, just so he could be a good protector. I'm trying to teach him that. Yeah. But man, when you, <laughs> kids at this age, they don't understand that. Like he, you know, yeah. they beat, everybody beats up on everybody. They all like, like, yeah. do not touch your, you are not allowed to hit a girl. Like you cannot do that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I remember when I was a kid, man, like you hit a girl, it was a, <laughs> You were, yeah. that was not a good day for you. No, it was not. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, yeah, man, congratulations. That's awesome. So excited you. for you guys. You guys are going to be amazing parents. Yeah. People keep telling me that. I'm not convinced yet, but we'll see. You guys are so fun. You guys are so fun. You're like such fun parents, you know, like you guys uh, <laughs> like video games, which your kids will love. You know what I mean? You guys yeah. are both super friendly and very interesting and have lots of varied yeah. hobbies. So it's cool. It's very yeah. cool. Well, our, our child apparently is at the stage of development now where their eyes are sensitive to light and they can oh, cool. hear. So my wife has very sensitive eyelids. So, she, you know, if there is like a fraction of light in our room in the morning, she's awake, like it's too bright. So I'm like flashing a light at her, at her you know, stomach to make uh-huh. sure that the baby's used to the light. And I keep nice. telling the baby sports first basketball i want to see you in the nba you can nice. play cricket or, or football <laughs> um and then like make sure you're smart as well because you have to be able to do something after sports is over yep after you after you blow out both of your knees playing rugby yeah you're gonna yep. need to have a career after that so that's it nice desk job yep okay uh let's see where we're at we're at 45 so let's wrap this up mm-hmm. what is one of your goals for this year why don't, why don't uh, let me start well, with mine because I already I already wrote mine down. So you go. I just I just the one that I've kind of got here is that I would like to do like a teaching series, like a video teaching series mm-hmm. this year. Mm-hmm. Doesn't matter what it is. Does I don't really necessarily have anything in mind. A regular expression stuff I think would be cool. Yeah, Andrew Delpretti does these five minute dev stuff, and mm-hmm. um, I think it would be cool to do just something small just for myself, really, just to say that I've done something, not because it's not been done before. Goodness knows there's how many regex tutorials and whatever out there. Sure. It'd be just for me to kind of get my feet wet. And, uh, you know, maybe if somebody finds it helpful, that'd be good too. Mm-hmm. So I'd like to do that. I, uh, also, I think it would be cool. So I submitted a talk idea for Laracon Chicago. I'm not sure if I want to do it or not. Like, you know what I mean? It's like one of those <laughs> things where it's like, I think it'd be super fun to give a talk, but I also want to enjoy Laracon, which yeah. is like, if you have to give a talk there, it's going to be like, you're going to be miserable the whole time until you Depends give your talk. Depends on how early you get to speak. Yeah, exactly. If you're the first one, you're good. You're totally fine. Yeah. And so, I don't know. I, I, I think that would be a good thing. Maybe, maybe that's, maybe standing in front of an audience of 800 people and doing your first yeah. talk is not a great idea. So, um, <laughs> Speaking of that, maybe so maybe like, okay, do a teaching course and then do a talk of some sort, whether it's at a local meetup or whether if it's a cash mm-hmm. money con for whatever it is, give a talk of yeah. some sort. Uh, those are kind of two goals for me this year that I really want to accomplish. And you know, two years ago, it was uh, my goal was be on a podcast and we started yeah. 
one that year and now we have two. So yeah, pushing yourself a little it's bit forward, well. a little bit out of your comfort zone can do good things for you. So yeah. Yeah. And one thing I want to get uh, is an espresso machine. And I know you have a really nice yeah. one, don't you? Yeah. Yeah. Me and Andrew Delpretty, we've got the, the same one. Tell me what it is. Good. What's the model? My coffee shop has been closed since the week of the week of Christmas for renovations. <laughs> and I have just made my beans stretch. So they're, they're open again on Monday. So I'm going down there to check out their new digs and, uh, and get some coffee. Um, I th- when you said that, I thought you were saying your coffee shop as in like your, your coffee shop at home. I thought you were referring to your espresso uh, machine as your coffee shop, but I got you. No, no, no. What, what no, model do you have? Coffee shop. Uh, it's a Barista Express, I think. It's made by Breville. I'll link Barista it up in the show Express notes. Breville. All right, I'm looking. Does yours have the like grinder on top of it? Yeah. Looks good. Yeah. So yeah, my that's... previous one didn't. I had a separate grinder and it was a pain because you've got to like grind it in there and you've got to try and get the, the ground beans out without losing them all and making a mess everywhere. Yeah, so, that's, yeah. yeah. So yeah, this one goes little, straight into bit, the... They're a bit pricey, aren't they? Mm. Yeah, we got ours on sale couple of years ago it was like 300 dollars off oh really uh, but it depends Dang. on how much you want to spend yeah they looked they or you could win one at your company conference right like exactly. Mr. Delpretti did. exactly yeah this is just one of those things that i'm gonna have to just be like okay i really want this it'll be worth it because i'll use it all the time and just do a freelance job and just do it just buy one yeah i, I, sp- really I save so much money on coffee now that i like make my own yeah i would i mean i would literally make it every day i'd make lattes every day yeah and then you can get some Great Wild Coffee. Yep. Great Wild Coffee. TJ Miller. Go TJ. Grind those beans up. Yep. Yep. Okay. Um, it was you. What were, what were we talking? Oh, goals me. for this year. What did you want? To, what do you want to do this year? Well, I have a couple of really, really big ones. Okay. Let's hear it. <laughs> My number one. I one have is a child. To have a child. Yeah. yeah. That's a pretty big one. Um, so that is, that is going to be like a massive life change for us. Yep. You know, we've been living the, the young couple life for like 10 years now. Yep. It'll be 10 years together this year in October. Congratulations. Yeah, thank you. So, I mean, we've been married. It'll be four years of marriage, but yeah, 10 years together. Um, So, yeah, the big one is be a dad. I'm like really, really excited and really, really terrified all at the same time because I I have no idea. (laughs) I look at my friends and stuff and they're teaching their kids this stuff. I'm like, man, I can't bring myself to that level. Like I just feel like it's really hard. So it's going to be an adjustment, I think. Um, I think once the once the baby's here, it'll be different. It'll just be like, yeah, just be like a total doofus with the kid and and hang out and like the world around you stops to exist, kind of thing. Yeah, which I'm kind of looking forward to. But the other really big one is is Laracon and like making that happen and and be awesome. So uh, Laracon AU, that is yeah, right. That's in, huge. In Sydney. Huge. We announced our first two speakers, so really really excited to have Adam Wathen and Matt Stauffer. Heading, heading to Sydney to speak. Um, they will bookend our, our lovely little conference. Yeah, that's um, super cool. We've started cool. to get submissions. So CFP is open. If anyone local is listening or some New Zealanders, I'm waiting for your submissions as well. We've got... Or some or or any Central Illinois people. Central, Central Illinois people I hear, are, I, re, I hear are really high on your list this year. So Yeah. Hey, the only way any of you all are going to see me this year is if you come and visit me in Sydney. Yep. So and I you've feel done like it twice. I have been, so you've I've been, done it twice. So it's dues. only fair you come and see me once. Yep. yep. I um, totally agree. Um, I'm still trying to get that third speaker to commit. <laughs> and uh, uh, we've got, yeah, we've got four great community sponsors that have jumped on already. So That's thanks awesome, to man. Um, Ian and Lara Jobs. Thanks to Eric and Laravel News. Thanks to Adam at DevApp. And thanks to the beautiful, beautiful people at Titan for, for jumping on board. <laughs> But yeah, we've got our first gold sponsor, which I'm really, really excited about, um, which is finalizing some details with that, but we should be able to announce them next week. Um, and ticket sales for our mailing list have been ticking along pretty nicely. We're about a third of the way through our uh, mailing list allocations. So if, you, if you're on that list and you haven't bought your ticket, make sure you jump on and we will, once those tickets go, they're gone forever and the price will go up and uh, the public early bird will commence. So. What is the address? Laricon yeah. AU or Laricon.au? Laricon.com.au. Laricon.com.au. Okay. And thanks I'm to Steve Shoga for, for putting that site together. 
He's a, he's super, super busy. He's working with Taylor. He's working with Titan. He's got his own stuff going on the site as well. I'm really happy that he managed to squeeze some time in to get that site together. It looks really good. It does look super good. Um, it was it was an idea that I kind of had in my head, but I never really mentioned because when, when Steve and I spoke first, he was going to do a concept similar to what's being used for the US site this year with the, you know, the line art, yeah. which looks really, really nice. Yeah. And then, yeah, he, when he went out looking for inspiration for the line art he found the photo that that we're using on the on the laricon au website and uh yeah just went from there so looks great yeah can't thank him enough yep looks really awesome well done steve cool man uh i might have to submit a talk and just get your feedback yeah and maybe i'll just submit the same talk we'll see i'll look forward to it all right sounds good man sounds good yeah dude you've got big stuff this year so yes having a child will change your life for sure uh, it will definitely make it's, it's like, it's difficult, but it's a good difficult. Like mm-hmm. it's a, it's a good challenge. You know what I mean? Yeah. It changes things and it is, it is hard, but it's, it's super, super rewarding. One of the most, I mean, the most rewarding thing I've done. Like, it's just yeah like, it's like your legacy. You know what I mean? It's like mm-hmm. your children mm-hmm. are like the largest footprint you could leave on the world. I feel like, um, mm. like you're replicating little use, you know what I mean? So <laughs> And it is kind of scary too, because they say that you teach what you know, but you replicate what you are, right? Like who you are. Mm-hmm. So you yeah. can try and teach your kids all you want, but like at the end of the day, like the best way to like make sure that your kids are going to be good people is to like improve yourself kind of, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like to be a good person yourself. Yeah. So uh, anyway, yeah, that's, that's an intimidating thing. Cause it's like, you know, your own faults <laughs> so well, you know, and you're like, yeah. Oh man. Anyway, yeah, the things like the things that you see in yourself, and you're like, man, I really hope my kids don't have yeah, this, and you've yeah. got to like hide that part of you from them. Yeah, and and you know, or really <laughs> change impossible. the things that you don't want your kids to have. Yeah, yeah. Because I mean, I've had 30 years of experience with the things that I do. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's wild. Well, you guys are do. You guys are going to be awesome, though. You'll do great. So. Thank you. I hope so. <laughs> yeah, you will. You'll be great. If not, we can have another one. There you go. Yeah, <laughs> round two and you'll be fine. You'll be fine. <laughs> All right, man. Well, this was episode 39. 39. 39. Thanks, everybody, for listening. You can find show notes for this episode at northmeetsouth.audio uh, slash 39. If you have any questions or comments for us, please hit us up on Twitter at our personal Twitter accounts or at North South Audio. Uh, if you like the podcast, please feel free to rate us up in iTunes or your podcatcher of choice. Five stars would be very, very appreciated. If you'd like to send Michael and Ree some baby warming gifts, some awesome mm. onesies or whatever, we need to get Michael a P.O. box or something so we can send you something without yep. giving away your physical home address. You could probably just give us your work we address. We can put it in the show notes. Oh, I've got a P.O. box. You I have, have to a get a P.O. box for MailChimp because I didn't want my physical home address to be on the on the laricon mailing list good idea good idea yeah <laughs> we should use that p.o box so we should use that p.o box yeah. to send you lots of baby presents that'd be awesome mm-hmm. uh get your mm-hmm. tickets for or get get on the mailing list for laricon au if you have any interest at all please do that uh, i'd be much appreciated by michael i'm sure just show some support yeah. and as always thanks for listening thanks for being a part of the podcast yeah yeah all the best to everyone for 2018 i hope it's a uh, a great year for you all as well. For sure. All right, everybody. We will see you in two weeks. See ya.